This is Albuquerque Now. Thank you for joining me this evening. I'm here with my dear friend, Ruben. We are going to discuss a vision board or dream boards and should you use them and how do they work? My friend Ruben, he's a recent college graduate with a bachelor's in psychology. He went to UNM. Yes, University of New Mexico. What did you like about the University of New Mexico? Just the the environment. It was I did like all the types of classes that I took there. They had a lot of different types of things. Had a pretty fun time in college. And you were born and raised in Albuquerque. Yep. What high school did you go to? Ah, yes, I went to Manal School, which it's a small private school on Manal, hence its name. It's it's like. Over a hundred years old. It's a really old private school that was uh, heavily affiliated with the Presbyterian Church. In fact, I actually have uh, various family members, like my grandpa, my great uncle, that went there. So let's just say it runs in the family. You mentioned to me that you were thinking about going into teaching. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, ideally, if I had if I had my way, I would like love to teach like you know intro level psych and sociology courses at the collegiate level. However, unfortunately, that would apparently require getting a PhD and, you know, winning the Nobel Peace Prize and all sorts of shenanigans like that. Mm. So my current plan is to teach uh, history at the uh, mid-school level and hopefully the high school level at some point. And if that doesn't work out, I'll go into therapy. Well, that sounds great. And this is Albuquerque, and there's a lot of opportunities here. I explained last time when I was doing this podcasting that there's a lot of people that literally take nothing and make it into something really amazing. That seems to be that kind of energy that's here in Albuquerque. I say that because it should be an encouraging factor for you when you consider what you'd like to do as a career. You know, speaking of careers, what are some of the things that you think about that might be an obstacle for you to get into the field that you'd like to be in? Yes. I guess firstly, one that I already ran into is last year I applied uh, for UNM's Master's in Sociology program. However, I learned after my rejection that they have an acceptance rate of about 15%. So that put things into perspective. And UNM's a little odd in the sense that it's not just a master's program. You go all the way to Timbuktu and get your PhD all in one go. That's one obstacle, you know, and aside from the usual like, oh, how will I afford it? I'll just, you know, tag out more loans and be in debt. Thumbs up. A lot of obstacles, at least in education, not just in my experience, but in general is, you know, money and then the oh so oh so common how do i balance school and life and work without spontaneously combusting which yeah it should be a college degree all of its own in all honesty yeah you're right well this leads me to my next thought have you heard about the law of attraction and dream boards and how that kind of works we're going to talk about something that's tangible about it because there's all kinds of thoughts that surround this particular subject. 
I really want to keep it what's real. So a dream board, do you know what that is, Ruben? Should I explain that? Yeah, go ahead and explain it. Okay. A a dream board is basically something that answers literally everything. You cut out and you compile ideas, words, phrases, quotes, images, even public figures, and anything else that reminds you of what you want to achieve. It brings everything that motivates you so you can visualize it, even though you don't currently have it in the now. You try and put your mind in that train of thought of, well, how do I obtain those things that I feel is pretty important to me? Uh, For example, we have a sample of a vision board where this person wants to talk about property and how to sell it. Maybe they have property. So they have pictures of that. There's pictures of a bracelet that shows love. So they want to have some kind of intimate relationships that sometime down the way. Uh, They talk about passive income for personal freedom and then they talk about things like what does freedom look like but like skiing and water jet ski and then they talk about things like what they want to have in their home and what kind of things they like to wear and they put a big giant table and Ruben have you given some thought to something like that as far as a motivation well I remember Back in college, I did a sort of similar project where it wasn't specifically a dream board, but it was kind of a similar idea. You drew out a timeline and put pictures and like, you know, wrote descriptions of things that you wanted to accomplish. I guess this is sort of similar, except what I'm noticing. The vision board kind of lacks any sort of organization or planning on how one is to get to those goals. I guess it's in the word uh, dream board. You have my page, for example, has a picture of money being debt-free and having enough money to save for retirement and a vacation, and that's all nice stuff, but it lacks the steps that would be needed to be taken to get there. Like, to get from A to B, you will probably need some form of a college education or vocational training or what have you. This sort of uh, fiscal know-how, for lack of a better term, to be able to manage one's money so that they can have savings for retirement and for a vacation for a college and for, you know, a giant cup of Starbucks, because why not? These are these serve well to get a very vague idea of what you want, essentially. Yeah, I agree. In fact, let's explore that just a little bit. You mentioned the financial piece, and it seems to me that when you build a horizon like this in your life future, there seems to be a lot of little steps in between as far as how to make that horizon come. Do you know how to save? Do you, does it mean the challenge is being frugal enough and not getting that cup of coffee from Starbucks before you go to work because, gosh, you just didn't have the time to get out of the house and have the breakfast and the coffee. And there are experts that spend a lot of time in financial areas, you know, the stock market. And everybody wants to go up in stocks and make lots of money and then sell before it gets low. And yet... 
no one really wants to take the time to understand how that works and how much really there's no real control because who really has the control in the stock market? Well, it's certainly not the investor. So what are the areas that seem to make that work where people actually do get some kind of an income? Do people know what that looks like? One of the things that I know that you and I both have noticed and have discussed in other conversations is that the pictures tell a short story, but the actual steps, the challenges, and possibly the sacrifices don't seem to be represented in an egalitarian way. Yeah, like, as I'm looking through these pictures, a lot of them seem to have a positive connotation. There's only the pictures of the stacks of money and being debt-free and having all this money, but there's no pictures of the other side of that coin. There's no pictures of the person saving and maybe buying, I don't know, piece a cheaper piece of furniture as opposed to a more expensive one, functionality over quality, for lack of a better word, and stuff. There's no real indicators here that the person is willing to make the sacrifices necessary to get to the point of where they have oodles of cash. As seen on three pages in, there's a bunch of pictures, you know, with like fancy designer clothes, something about being debt-free, having lots of money, but also having all the designer clothes doesn't quite seem to line up unless you get, unless you like roll like a really, really lucky dice roll in life. That's, at the risk of being pessimistic, that's not quite the most realistic expectation, which of course when someone sets overly high expectations, that's likely to cause disappointment, frustration, burnout, and then you're not likely to get to any of your goals on the dream board because you're like, oh, I can't reach any of these goals, so like, why bother, etc. There is a sense that when you dream things, yes, you don't want to put your dreams in a box, but you don't also want to be disappointed if they don't come true. One of the things that we can talk about is what happens if you do get some of those dreams realized? Can you handle the responsibility and the consequences that are involved with getting some of those things taken care of in life? Yeah, you know, it also is entirely possible to obtain all of these. And, you know, of course, as you said, the question becomes, oh, I, I accomplished my things. What now? What how do I A, maintain and keep all the things that I've accomplished and have at this point, and B, what are my goals now? Going through the rest of these, there is a portion that has pictures where, you know, a person is getting a massage and stuff. That brings up the idea of self-care, which is vitally important. However, I believe the way self-care is presented here is more of a romanticization. You know, sometimes self-care isn't always... Uh, treat yourself, I'm going to go get a massage and, like, go meditate at a temple and do yoga. Sometimes, like, self-care is getting up in the morning and showering because that's, like, the first step to of the day in general in this vision board seems to be a little misrepresented, in my opinion. 
Yeah, you know, you brought up another interesting thought. When I was in, uh, I think that was Alabama, there was a monk's temple, Vietnamese monks, and it was beautiful. And, you know, the property was kept up. There's about, uh, gosh, I think it was about 10,000 acres. It was huge. And they're only using a small portion of it. And the monks living there lived very simply. Uh, their food was vegetarian, and the food was wonderful, uh, but there was no meat anywhere. Their thoughts were not that focused on the material, but how to improve their inner spiritualism. If you're going to that as a retreat... You have to ask yourself, what is the reason that I'm here for? Is it because I need renewal and refreshment? Or is it because I'm trying to get away from something? Or am I just flat out angry and this is the only place I can go to let it out safely? These are things that I would say are consequences in our lives because a lot of times we create that in ourselves and then we don't get along with anybody. Yeah, like, um, I don't know, one of the things I was kind of thinking about as you were talking, you know, you go away on a retreat in order to get away from things, you know, refresh. The thing I've wondered is, when you come back, how much of that stuff is going to stay? Say you're like, oh man, I've got like 5,000 deadlines. Screw this, I'm going to the mountains, yo. You go to the mountains, it's great for the time you're there. Sunday evening rolls around, you come back, you're like, here's all that stuff I left. Felt great for a bit, but now I'm all stressed again, because that stuff is still here. So it's the idea of, if you're going to like a retreat or to a temple or whatever, how are you going to apply the stuff that you learned and the rest that you gained there to your life going forward so you don't just fall back into old habits? Yes, that's true. I mean, I know a lot of doctors who have a really fairly decent income. Some do not, but for the most part, people in medical school, the rewards are both healing people as best as they can, and it turns into money. Yet, if you don't know how to manage and handle your money, it doesn't seem to matter how much money you make, you're always one dollar short to paying that bill. There's always something there on your horizon that's like the next thing to purchase. But then you have to ask yourself, well, what is my financial horizon going to be looking like when I don't want to work, not because I have no desire, but I may not physically be able to. I mean, we're all not guaranteed our future. We just look forward to it as a pleasant thing. It's a societal-wide issue. You know, you see, you turn on the TV, you, you look at a poster board. Heck, you go to the gas station and there's ads even there. So they're like, hey... Get, get this new shiny thing, the whole idea of solution selling, a sense of marketing, essentially. They're like, hey, you you have this problem because XYZ, XYZ, we're going to sell you this solution. You should buy it. And like Mike Moths to a Flame, we buy the new shiny thing because, oh man, that thing is shiny. I need it for to fill whatever hole in my life or uh, flex on other people to 
you know, maintained in the same social class, the, the equivalent of, oh, hey, I did see the game this weekend with that insert sports team here. Oh, I did get the newest iPhone BMW limo phone thing. And, you know, yeah, like you said, if we have all the money but we can't manage it, what's really the point? You're essentially just barely staying above water, but for what? Yes, absolutely. You know, one of the things that comes to my thought is our perceptions of customer service and who our customers are. Because like I discussed in a previous podcast, there is an interesting thought that plays in your head when you look at people and things and products in terms of providing value, customer service. And when you do that enough, People eventually learn to trust you. They see where you're at, what's important to you. And here gets to my thought, which is if you can express the things that are important to you in a way that other people can agree with and seem reasonable and maybe even perhaps volunteer to be standing alongside you to walk you along your journey, It just seems to me that the rest of the needs and responses to those needs seems to flow better than just always dreaming about it and then having wish fulfillment and law of attraction and all this stuff, and then it fails. Honestly, the law of attraction kind of reminds me, at the risk of bringing up something irrelevant irrelevant or out of left field, it reminds me of the idea of, you know, the prosperity gospel, like the, you know, I'm going to pray to Jesus for a jet, and if I want a jet, I'm going to get a jet. And to me, it seems like a rather ludicrous idea, because simply just wishing for something doesn't make it happen. You know, you have to take steps to actually get there to get the thing. I would say really what's important is to have, if you will, a three-dimensional idea of how to look at the things that are important to you and how you will get them. Because one of the problems that I see with dream boarding, it's a flat piece of paper and it may not have nothing behind it. And with that said, there may be nothing beyond it. Really, I think what this conversation is pointing to is what we need, what are the tools we need in that horizon picture to help us really be whole, if you will, three-dimensional in all of our needs, and to be really honest. The one thing... Actually, I've noticed as I was looking at this more, when you're doing a dream board, or at least the one I'm looking at here, it doesn't have any pictures of, like, the actual person, their life, and stuff like that. It's all stuff ripped from, you know, pictures ripped from the internet, which gives off a sense of artificiality. It almost gives the impression that this, while this is stuff that a person may want, it also seems like it's stuff that a person thinks, society thinks that they want. Again, going back to the idea of marketing and like solution selling, it's like, oh, these are all the things that you need to be happy. And while these are all great, when you're doing an image board or dream board, in my personal opinion, I would think of adding a more personal flair to it because then that gives off the air of, oh, this is something that I actually want. This is a part of my life. This is 
something that's important instead of being like, oh, I went to BMW because that's a sign of wealth because we as a society have collectively agreed that BMW shiny. Yeah, it's like having a Facebook storyboard. Facebook is interesting. You rarely see people basically saying, yeah, I cut off my toe and isn't this a really great picture of it? It's more like people are showing pictures of themselves at their best. And so what you're really seeing is a collage of pictures over time of people at their best. For me, there are some days where I'm so overwhelmed, I just want to sit in the chair and pet my two cats for hours because I can't think about it anymore. It's too much. And in Facebook, you have this perception that the world is great and I'm living on the top of the wave and there is no going down, you know? And it's real easy to translate that feeling into your storyboard life. And one of the things I think when people really sit and meditate and think this through, what kind of a storyboard do they want of themselves? Like social media, as much as I love scrolling on YouTube through hours as I space out and realize that suddenly six hours have passed, social media brings seems to bring out, I wouldn't say the best and worst of humanity, but the worst of humanity on two different fronts. A, like what you were saying earlier, the sort of fakeness you see everyone posting just the good pictures. I mean, it's prepared content. You can take a picture and make sure it's at your best angle and then, I don't know, pepper it up with all the filters and Photoshop and whatever posted to Facebook and hey look it's the perfect picture well for all the internet knows five minutes later you could have been like bawling your eyes out or having a panic attack or something of course you're not going to post that on Facebook or likely not to and if you do it's not going to get a lot of likes because that's not positive vibes as it were (laughs) Uh, and on the other hand it also brings out the most argumentative of people Social media, it's a great place if you want to sit back and grab the popcorn and then just like, it's like a Roman Colosseum, but digitally. Uh, I was Roman Colosseum, what do you mean by that? Uh, just how people are, will argue and fight with each other to the, metaphorically to the death over, you know, literally any topic from something political to, I don't know, that McDonald's across the street is better than Wendy's because uh, whatever and people will fight each other over it, question mark? But, um, linking that back to the storyboard somehow, I would also think that if you're doing a storyboard, it'd probably also be important to include putting pictures of one's struggles, too. Like, you have yours themed around getting money. Maybe you also have, like, a problem with impulse spending. Maybe have pictures depicting that, which shows that you have an obstacle to overcome, which will then allow you to, you know, take the steps to overcome that obstacle to ultimately get to that goal of obtaining the money stuff like that or self-care instead of just having like the super peaceful serene pictures of a massage or a temple or whatever have a picture of like i don't know something representing a mental health struggle that's the obstacle then you have pictures of the steps being taken or needed to be taken like seeing a therapist better lifestyle habits or what have you and then you have the picture of like happy peaceful serene person getting a massage because now you achieved the thing So here's my last question, Ruben. Do you think that a dream board or a vision board is a useful tool? 
and why? It can be useful as long as, as you were saying, you paint more than just a 2D, um, 2D image. Like, uh, like I was discussing before, I had done a sort of a similar project in one of my university classes where we had pictures and sentences describing goals that we wanted to reach. And, you know, we drew it out on a poster board and that's like a whole timeline and all this stuff. But as long as a dream board can be helpful, as long as you include all the other positive and negative elements to it and all the stuff that will need to take place before you get to that dream, because then it'll help you get a bigger picture of what you need to do in order to get there instead of being like, ooh, picture of money, I want money. And then you sit there because you don't know what the next step is. You're like, oh, cool, this is helpful. I don't know where to go from here. If you had stuff leading up to that, like, I'm going to overcome this obstacle by taking a financial literacy class, or then you get the happy money picture, or whatever goal you have set. Yeah, a holistic, that's the word, a holistic view of your dreams, your aspirations, and how to get there. Well, this is Dave. And Ruben. And this is Albuquerque Now. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Yeah,